whole life I've been running after one thing To find that part within that I'll measure up to something I've got a lot of dreams, but I was told I wasn't practical I couldn't measure up because of all my flaws But I know the wrong is the only stepping stones Life's the art of embracing these things, yeah Nate, Katie, welcome to the Art of Podcast. Such a pleasure to have you on here, man. It, I'm from the state of Iowa. You're from the state of Iowa. Believe it or not, my favorite team growing up was the San Diego Chargers, which is wild because in Iowa, you don't really have a team, so you get to pick. And I love the lightning bolts and the thought of living in San Diego. So <laughs> you literally were living my dream, man. So th thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's rare to find the Iowa Iowa boys that uh, they got some Chargers affiliation there. So it's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Nate, you know what? I would go to the game. I'm sure you were probably playing. Maybe it's before that. But I go to the games down in Kansas City and yeah. I would wear my Ryan Leaf jersey of all things. <laughs> that was a little bit before me. That was the yeah, Leaf. that was before Allen. Yeah. All those guys, they were they had it going a little bit then. Yeah. And you go down to Kansas City to Arrowhead with a Ryan Leaf jersey on when you're 11 years old. <laughs> it doesn't turn out well. You hear some words you've never heard before. You get beers poured on you. Yeah. All yeah. That was fun. I, I always enjoyed, you know, they were in our division, obviously, and I had tons of family that made made the trek there once a year to play. And that's you talk about an all-time great sports venue. That's certainly one of them there at Arrowhead. No, oh, dude, phenomenal. All right, let's get into it, man. Start us off with a bang. Maybe something that not everybody knows about you, something different. What do you got, Nate? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big history buff, man. Like that's that, I grew up a history major. I was going to be a history teacher um, before I got into it. So I'm a, I'm like Ken Burns and Walter yes. Isaacson and all that jazz. I mean that that's my that's kind of my jam, you know. I, and I think that there's you know a lot of the work that I'm doing now, um, in and around some placemaking and some of the restaurant real estate development world is also always kind of in some way rooted in in history and inspired by sort of you know the folks that came before us or some of the other movements or the architecture the design and those sort of things so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in that just the storytelling history and kind of pulling that weaving that through into current businesses and life and those sort of things so I mean that's I don't know if that's a big bang you know history oh, is, is the most exciting thing in the world but that's that's of course not a, uh, sort of my jam and it's a huge bang my wife is a history buff we spent time in Tennessee going to Andrew Jackson's house and going all through that i couldn't even tell you what president andrew jackson was i mean it was cool but i love that i love that you're a history yeah. buff okay who's your favorite person from history you can't say jesus we'll take jesus as the answer who's your favorite person from history you're like dude this guy is just you know what i'm gonna have to ask you some questions too at some point in my next book that i'm writing i'm finding just incredibly cool people from history yeah that'd be awesome i mean to take action I mean, you Ken Burns. It. you know he you know hopefully all the listeners know of ken Burns, but he, you know he's yeah. all time great documentarian uh works with pbs and just really focused on you know the the fabric of america and those sort of things his most recent one i don't know if benjamin franklin is my favorite favorite but he's kind of top of mind like he he's ken burns's most recent subject he's got a documentary out now on benjamin franklin but that dude was fascinating man like obviously inventor but you know political genius he was an ambassador he spent a lot of time over in europe and just talk about these guys just these renaissance sort of you know a generalist and, and amazing and all these different things like that was benjamin franklin it's a, a fascinating life and obviously is you know really prominent sort of figure in american history as well interesting answer too as benjamin franklin is a renaissance man and you kind of are a renaissance man yourself i mean <laughs> three sports state champion in the same year in iowa and obviously you go into kicking when was that moment that you thought man like hey i can i can do this kicking thing like this is this is something for me yeah, it coincided with when I realized I was too skinny and slow and too much of a, you know, 
a wimp to, to do anything else on the football field. So I better figure out how to be a, a kicker. But uh, like, like most modern kickers, I mean, I grew up playing soccer, right? Like that's how you learn to put your foot on the ball, even though it's a, you know, round ball compared to the oblong football and just did all that growing up. And I was just a sports kind of junkie as a kid. I, I mean, I was a kind of dude that was out like, you know, in the driveway for four hours, just shooting free throws, you know, and doing that as a kid and playing games with the neighborhood kids. And, you know, it was before you could be a kid like my kids are and, you know, have the distractions of TikTok and phones and all those sort of things. But just was a competitive kid growing up and always had a little bit of that OCD sort of mentality. Like if I'm, I would always go out, you know, like chart my free throws or whatever I was doing. If I made 150 out of 200 one day, I wanted to figure out how to make 151 out of 200 the next day. And I, I kind of introduced to kicking my freshman, sophomore year in high school, the head coach came down. We were in the biggest class in Iowa um, high school. And Hey, we don't have anybody on our team that can kick. Like you want to, we know you play soccer. You want to give it a shot. And went out and did it was, you know, kind of hitting 30, 40, 45 yarders. He's like, all right, you're, you're a guy, you're our kicker. I'm like, okay, this is it. So um, just got jumped right into it as a sophomore on the varsity team. And like I said, just sort of fell in love with the, you know, I think the greatest thing I love about kicking is it's the results are always direct, right? Like the ball flies off your foot. It's rotating in a certain way. And there's those two poles. It's either in or out, you know? So it was just, I kind of fell in love with the fact back to the free throw shooting thing. Like I can go practice 50 field goals in a day. And one day I might make 40. Why that, why in the heck can I make 41? And then you start getting up into different levels of perfection and consistency on those sort of things. So I just kind of fell in love with the, the art of, of improvement and getting better at that really unique skill. Wow. The art of improvement, actually a really good point to hit on there because I feel like you have some perfectionism in you. I, I'm, I was the same way. Wanted to shoot free throws and figure out how I can make more. I just wasn't smart enough to get away from basketball. You were. So in the, the art of improvement can go, I mean, obviously twofold. I mean, that's what we want to do. Continue to continue to improve, but where's the point of where this, this perfectionism is uh, like a hamper against you. Where, where does it come back? And you like, you have to, because I'm, I'm sure you, you, you yeah, yeah. I mean, you take a quick break in the podcast because you know what I love almost more than anything is a great cup of coffee. Oh, I just wake up excited for my coffee. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a coffee person, if you're not a coffee person, you need to kind of just check, uh, yeah, yeah, check your priorities. But what else do I love? I love workouts. I love training. And what if you could put workouts and coffee together? You always thought about like, you know, coffee is just this natural pre-workout and then you got pre-workouts. What if you had the best of both worlds? Well, now you do. Workout coffee is finally here. I wish I would have created this. Such a great concept and idea and where nature meets science in all the workout coffee products are powered by Theofit, which is a high-potency Theoflavin enriched black tea extract that is patented and clinically proven to improve exercise performance and reduce recovery time. So the question is, what are Theoflavins? Great question. Naturally formed from the oxidation of tea leaves, they've been shown to have strong antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects, as well as supporting liver health, blood lipids, and the immune system. So think about that. You're getting all this and coffee, the taste of coffee, the energy of coffee, the cat, like uh, my mind is blown. I am going to wake up in the middle of the night, have a cup, have a cup in the afternoon, in the evening, like keep it coming, work out coffee, check it out, workout-coffee.com. Look at the, the, the links in the show notes below. We are going to have a discount code for you in there too. Check them out and get your coffee 
today and your workout on. Now, back to the episode. You hit it on the head. I mean, I, I, I kind of refer to it as like the athlete's paradoxes. And I think it's yeah. as poignant as the kicker. I mean, is there another position where it's like black and white and the pressure or maybe a relief pitcher or someone like that? But, you know, you have to be wired a certain way where you expect perfection from yourself. Because when I drove to Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego and pulled into that player's parking lot before a game, I knew the only way I was going to drive out of that parking lot four or five hours later and be happy was if I was perfect on that day. That's just that's the nature of a kicker. The coach isn't going to put you out there to kick a field goal unless you're in range and he thinks you can make it, you know? So you, you have to be wired that way and you have to expect perfection and demand perfection of yourself. But you also, on the other side, and this is the paradox, you also have to be able to forgive yourself in that moment too. That was, I'd always go into each season. I'm a big goal setting guy. And each season, my number one goal was I wanted to make the next kick. I want to have be hundred percent on the next kicks after I missed. Because that to me was a, a big, it, it sort of goes to that reality, you know, the dual realities of, okay, I want to be a, you know, 89, 90, 95% field goal kicker on the year, you know, the goal being a hundred, like the perfect season, but like also understanding that, you know, I might shank one or the wind might pull one to the left, or there might be a tricky hold or the footing wasn't good. And I might miss one, but like, you can't string together multiple kicks. I didn't have every season where that was the case, but it was always important to me to have that sort of mental toughness and kind of forgiveness in the moment to just sort of bounce back and, and knock that next one through. Holy smokes, man. If, if people can figure that out, forgiveness in the moment, that's <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't master it. Trust me. That was one of the <laughs> hardest things, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, from an athlete's perspective and business or whatever, like, yes, it's, yes. it's hard, you know, it, it definitely is. A lot of people are wired in a way where they expect a lot of themselves and their teammates too. Right. And like, yeah. how do you kind of roll with those punches? It's just that dance and that paradox that I think is really, really fascinating. I think athletics for sure, it kind of encapsulates that. Well, how do you find contentment in, in the pressure? You have so much on you. You have all your, your teammates. I mean, whether you win or lose a game is based on you. And at one point, you were the most efficient kicker in NFL history. So obviously, you figured something out. But how do you balance that? How do you find contentment, basically, in the storm of pressure? That's a great question. I, I, I can't say that I ever felt really comfortable <laughs> in, in those moments, right? I think that's kind of what elevates your performance, right? Oh, like, and I, even at, you know, especially in the NFL, like at practice, like they're, they're all, there's five video cameras on you and you're keeping track. And, you know, I mean, it's, there's, there's always that pressure. It's really kind of omnipresent. Um, but you, and I think you mentioned that kind of the art of improvement and, you know, always sort of being in, being in the, the cycle of finding different ways to improve and get better as, as I got more refined as a place kicker, as I worked my way up through high school to college into the NFL, you really start to change your focus to mindset and the mental game and some of those sort of things as, as the biggest areas of improvement or refinement, once you kind of kicking is one of those things, probably not like a free throw shot or whatever, like you're, you, before too long, you get the technique down, you know, it's, it's yeah. a jab step and two steps and a kick and a follow through. And, a, you know, those sort of things become sort of rote memory and a pattern, but I can tell you what, I, you know, no one's ever going to master hundred percent the pressure or the nuances of, of, of being an athlete, both in the moment and in between the moments too. I, I talk a lot about with mm -hmm. young kickers that I mentor is how do you handle the in-between? The kicking there's so there's so much downtime during the course of a game between one kick and the next and then also there's the downtime between a game and the next game a whole week um and all those sort of things so how, what are you doing you know off the field and in between practice to, to hone your mind or relax your mind or whatever that might look like so that sort of dealing with pressure handling it is, is one of those i think biggest challenges especially as you become more you know of a experienced elite athlete you know that, that really demands more of your focus Man, that's beautiful. And, and, and selfishly, I want to ask you this question because you can help me crack the code. 
So I work with a lot of NBA players on mindset development and free throws is completely mental, just like kicking. So do you have any tools that you use like right before you're going to kick? You're out there, pressure's on, you're at arrowhead, it's negative 92 degrees out. Do you have any tools you use in the moment? And then when you said in between, like the time in between when you kick in? Man, we, we, we could spend two hours on this because I, I absolutely love this stuff. But when I got to the point, I'm a big golfer too. So, I mean, it's a lot of it's like golf, free throws, kicking stuff. I mean, most listeners should probably relate to it. But in the moment, like you're back there and you've looked up at your target and you're going to give the nod at the holder, which then signals he's going to snap the ball. Like what is going through your head right before that? I was always a big rhythm guy. And I, I, and I kind of learned early on, like the pressure and those, like you kind of speed up when you get your rhythm out of place. So my last thought going through my head was always smooth and rhythm. And I can kind of hear that rhythm and that cadence of my steps, that one, two, three, one, two, three. So I was kind of always telling myself, smooth, smooth, slow down. Just kind of, that was really the last thing in my mind. It wasn't a technical thought. It was almost kind of one of those, you kind of feel it and see it and hear it in your mind. Like, Good. this is how I'm going to feel for my rhythm. And then it was just, boom, you you, you pull the trigger in that moment. So that, that was always huge. And then as a kicker, like leading up to getting out on the field, there was always a cadence also, like the team gets in the, into field goal range. So what am I doing on first down? You know, I'm going to kick into the net and what am I doing on second down? And by third down, I'm out behind the play. And, you know, so there's always like a, a process. I mean, I, I know, you know, it and working oh. with professional athletes, you know, it's process oriented thinking, not result oriented thinking. So when good. you start, getting into that habit of, okay, I'm at the free throw line. There's 11 seconds left. And if I make this shot, my girlfriend's going to love me. And, you know, I'm going to make another million bucks on my contract, you know, whatever that is, like the result, you know, the consequences of the results, both positive or negative. That's when the mind gets off. It's like, can you have a process that you, that you kind of go through to get you into that moment that sort of settles you down and, and refocuses your mind on the productive things that you can control? Like that, that's, that's the most important. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Totally process. And do you, did you ever find like, if you view yourself, the result, if you see yourself missing it, did it, did it like negatively affect you in the point of, if a golfer sees himself hooking it into the woods, he's probably going to hook it in the woods. Yeah. Or if you see yourself missing it, you see the worst case scenario. You're like, well, I'm okay. If that happens, you know, that feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments. You have full optimal energy. You are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure. You do. I do. We all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. Hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Eleve Health. E-L-E-V-E health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this, it places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's gonna help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. I, I, I kid you not, this is 
what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber HBOT from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E Health.com. Message me separately too if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think the ladder you learn through missing, right? Like you, you screw up and you cost the team the game and then the, the sun rises the next day and you become hardened by that and, and understanding and accepting of that fact. I think I learned early on, had a lot of great tutors and, you know, I've always worked with, you know, mental game coaches and those sort of folks. I call it the two A's of, you know, especially for kicking, but I think athletes in general, it's, it's awareness and acceptance. And I think the first thing kind of the aha moment for me was like, I've got all these negative thoughts. I've, I've kind of a guy that has more of kind of an active mind, but both negative and positive, but you're thinking yeah. of the consequence, that sort of thing is just being a aware of the, those, those thoughts that they're there, right? Like, Hey, this is happening. But then also it's the acceptance and understanding like, that's just the way the human mind is wired. You know, you accept what those thoughts for what they are, you become aware of them. And then you, then you re, are able to kind of refocus your mind back on something productive, which is the process. So early on as a college game, I kind of, man, like this is the first time I've really felt pressure. I'm kicking in a big 10 stadium and, I feel weird when I get out there and it's just like, you're kind of fighting against those negative thoughts or whatever that, you know, those things that are pulling you off your, off of your attention. Um, but once you kind of just have the humility and the kind of maturity to, to, to accept the fact that that's just kind of how you're wired a little bit, then you, then it allows you the ability to kind of free up and, and focus on what you need to focus on. Oh, I love it. And you hit on a word there that I want to jump into is humility. So we could talk for days on mindset and hopefully we can do another one of these at some point because I really want to get into the nitty gritty of it. But this is great for the listeners to just, you know, pressure, but don't worry about perfectionism, be able to forgive yourself, all of these points, awareness, acceptance, so, so, so much gold. And I'd love to, I, I would literally love to, to dive deeper in these, but humility, the art of humility, what you have done after your career to me has been even more impressive than what you did with your career. Like now you are literally serving, using your platform to serve the state of Iowa, to go help on mission of making people's lives better, helping younger, the youth. Can you talk about what's next for you and, and really what you're doing in the state of Iowa? Yeah, and no, I finished up playing, um, shoot, it's got to be almost seven, eight years now. I had some issues with my kicking leg and muscle groin, and it, it was always kind of important to me. I've always been, a, we talked about the history and other things, like I always had an interest in business and other and certainly our community, both in the Iowa City area, where I'm born and raised and now live full time with my family, but also the state of Iowa in general, of kind of coming back and helping build things and create things within the community that are going to make it a, you know, a, a good place, an attractive place for people to be. Um, I, I know Iowa. I mean, you're, you're from there, David. You, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a beautiful place. Our weather Maybe. sucks, but um, <laughs> great people. That's a downside. So, I mean, I always have driven by, I think, kind of back to what gets wired India as a professional athlete is like the fear of failure. You know, I don't want to be a, a guy when I'm 65, you know, doing whatever. And someone says, oh, that's Nate. All he, you know, he's a guy that used to kick field goals. You know, like I've got this whole other exciting chapter of my life, personal and professional life. I, I kind of I think of it in chapters, right? Like I'm writing a story, you know, Nate's yeah. Nate's story of who he is. And, um, you know, for nine plus years, I was a professional football player. That was chapter whatever, two, three or four. But you know, I finished that when I was 30. 33 years old, like I got a lot of, a lot of living and left to do. So it's a matter of just kind of finding 
I'm very passionate about finding my, my strength and how I can be useful. I think that's where the, the greatest reward for, for me comes professionally is where, where am I needed? Where can I be useful? How, are, how does my unique skill set or perspective, how can I plug that into an organization or a community or a company in a way that can bring utility and value? And that's really what I've tried to focus on doing. It hasn't been, you know, an immediate transition like all athletes as you move on to something else. Like it's kind of, you know, knowing yourself and building that new skill set um, can be a little tricky, but I've been lucky enough to have a great community and great business partners and great folks that I've been working with back here over the last seven years. And we've done a lot of fun, cool things that have been accepted in the community, both, uh, you know, on the real estate development side. And we, we, I work with the local uh, hospitality restaurant company. We've, we've developed and launched several really great concepts, restaurant concepts that have had some success and just pitching in in the community and philanthropic ways as well. And um, and of course, it's being back in a great place to raise kids. We've got four young kids and, you know, I'm spending a lot of time at the at the youth sports uh, gyms and fields and all that stuff too. And spend some time coaching young kids as well. So yeah, it's a full plate, but it's uh, it's a great, great amount of variety and I really enjoy it. Yeah. And, and I love it. It's, we're talking about the art of humility in this point and how humble you are just saying, you know, you're doing a few things. You are literally the unofficial mayor of <laughs> Iowa State. Trust me. I know this. I've talked to multiple people who will say the same thing. So I feel like you have, as we wrap up here, a, a mindset of, not living in the what ifs and looking back and you don't want to have this type of regret on any part of your life. A lot of NFL players will be like, well, I played in the NFL. Okay. Life's over. No, you live in the mindset. Well, what if I don't, you have so much to offer. You have so much to give so much to serve. And it's almost this pull of, well, well, what if I don't help other people? So I just want to commend you on that, man. Yeah. And how, how can we all follow anything you're doing, support anything you're doing? Is there any way we can get behind you as a community? Yeah, I wish I was better on social media. I got the occasional Instagram post, but I would just say anybody, they call Iowa the, you know, the flyover state, but like there's Interstate 80, which is the main drag, right, that goes east and west in the United States. And Iowa City is, you know, it gets voted as the, you know, top small midtown, you know, cities in the U.S. But like anybody just carve an extra hour or two out of your Google Maps trip if you're driving from like, true. you know, the East Coast to the West Coast, whatever, pull off into Iowa City come through. We've got several restaurant concepts right in the downtown, in the heart of downtown Iowa City, Pullman Barn Diner and St. Birch Tavern. Just go there, a great chef, local cuisine, walk around downtown. So it's a great, cool blend of, you know, a campus meets an old historic downtown, some new, interesting, modern architecture and a great arts town in Iowa City, you know, we're the home of the Writers Workshop. And we've got great um, live music and all that sort of, it's, it's an amazing little college town right along the river. That's, I think that's the best thing. Just even if you don't go to any of the businesses hey. I'm associated with, just Spend an hour or two there and tell all your friends that Iowa City is a, is a cool place to be. You're the, also the spokesperson for the tourism <laughs> of Iowa. Yeah, and, it's the CBB board, baby. So <laughs> and he's right. I'm from Iowa. I got out of Iowa because of the weather, but I keep going back. Iowa City is an incredible town. We were talking offline about the Amish restaurant. Like I, I yeah. would literally fly out there right now for breakfast. It's that good. The other, the other, I got to put a plug into like the, it's a, an amazing bike, both a biking state Rag and Bride. just the local areas. Yeah, you have Ragbri, which is, you know, one of the greatest, you know, group rides, which goes you dip your back tire in the Missouri River on the west side of the state, drive across to your front tire in the Mississippi. But also like I'm, I'm a big biker. I love getting outside. There's all these B roads and gravel roads. So you can just take like your cross bike, leave a really cool town, of, you know, 150, 200,000 people in Iowa City and be out into the rural community by horse yeah. and buggies and Amish country and you know, riding your bike in this really beautiful farmland setting and, you know, stopping for a cold beer afterwards in the local, you know, tap. And it's a, uh, it's a cool from that standpoint where you can, you know, you have the, the, some of the town and obviously it's not a huge town, but you know, all the 
the amenities you want from an urban environment, but just get right out of Dodge and go experience the, the countryside too. Yeah, you're not kidding. There's Amish just going down the side of the road. All right, <laughs> yeah. now, me and you, we're going to go to Amish community. We're going to hang out for a weekend. I love it. Yeah, we're we're going to make that happen. Hey, before we let you off, last question I have for you. If you had one piece of advice, a drop the mic piece of advice for somebody younger who feels like they're, and not necessarily younger, but someone who just feels like they're stuck in the situation that they're in. How can they yeah, just gotta, pivot their perspective? Yeah, so I, you know, stuck, I kind of relate that to, you know, you're doing something that's worthwhile or, you know, criticism. We all, you know, we get criticism from the outside, but we also criticize ourselves a little bit. Marty Schottenheimer, great coach, has passed away within the last year. He was a coach with the San Diego Chargers. I got drafted. He told me once after a, early in my rookie career when I missed a field goal, you know, the papers and the talk radios, you know, blaming the game on you, whatever. He had this great quote about criticism, which I think is a little bit in being stuck. He said, Criticism is a lot like walking in the rain. Once you're wet, what's another drop? Oh, I just, I, I just love that one. It's like, that's good. You know, if, if you, you know, once you kind of walk through it a little bit and you've gone through that situation and you've come out the other side and you're like, it's okay, you know, like you kind of just feel like you could just, you know, be it, be in that world and operate just fine. So I think for people that are stuck or experiencing some criticism from other people, it's just, just kind of wallowing it for a little bit and you'll figure out that you're, you're strong enough and tough enough to get used to it. And, um, and then you just kind of, you kind of, you, you come out the other side better for it. So I think, I think I always loved Marty was a king of those sort of old school quotes. And I always loved that one. Oh man, that's a great perspective. Nate, you're phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time on this podcast. We're going to connect more offline. There's a lot of questions I want to ask you about mindset and just, just your, your perspective and point of view on things is so refreshing, man. So everybody listen to this podcast, get out to Iowa, check it out, get some Amish pretzels with Nate and you'll see him. <laughs> running for mayor and then maybe hey maybe president here one of these days <laughs> you're the man Nate. Uh, yeah thank you thank you so much brother hey yeah appreciate it we'll catch up thanks for All having right. me on hey i'm taking a picture to send it jordan real quick <laughs> all right brother thanks for your time man i'll tell talk john I, we connected too that's fun yes please talk trash on him for me please i will <laughs> see you man thanks